the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You know what I really like? I like my job. I like the concept that you and I are heading towards retirement. I'm cool with that. If I were to put my job to music, it would be Come Sail Away by Styx. I'm sailing away. Set an open course for the virgin sea. Because I got to be free, free to face the life that's ahead of me. So I'm a big fan of Styx. I'm a big fan of Cartman. I'm a big fan of sailing. I don't sail often, but you and I are on this journey towards retirement, and we're using the sailing analogy to get there. On board, I'm the captain, i.e., you're the captain of your investments. Climb aboard because you ain't got no other destination uh, unless you're sailing towards retirement. We'll search for tomorrow on every shore. I don't really know what that line means. And I'll try. Oh, Lord, I'll try. That's a great concept. I've been investing my 401k since I was 20 years old. It's the dumbest thing I've ever done. It turns women off. It makes men aghast. Uh, Foreigners look at me like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. You are saving for retirement. That's my generic foreigner accent. And I'll try. Oh, Lord, I'll try to carry on. I look to the sea. The sea would be capitalism or would the C be the stock market? I think they're same thing. Reflection in the waves sparked by memory. Yeah, my dad worked till the day he died. That's my memory. He never got to retire. He never got to enjoy it. Some happy, some sad. That's gonna um, it's gonna be something like this. Very few happy, mostly sad. It's like the donut store called Happy Donut. <laughs> Sorry, it should be called Sad Donut. Your heart's gonna blow up. And Carmen goes, and I think of childhood friends. And the dreams we had. I guess you could say that I've got family members that aren't going to retire in luxury. I got family members that aren't going to retire with basic needs being met. I got family members that are going to be living in the ghetto. In the ghetto. Again, one of the greatest hits of Cartman. He goes on to say, we'll live happily forever. So the story goes. Everyone has to rock out to sticks today and think about their retirement. What a great album, right? But somehow we missed out on the pot of gold. Now, pot of gold could be two things. It could be a toilet that you sit on that's made out of gold. I gotta go to the pot. I gotta go to the loo. Or it could be an alternative to cash. Like Bitcoin. But we've already had one expert say, eh, I'm not so into Bitcoin. A gathering of angels appeared above my head. They sang to me the song of hope. And this is what they said. They said, come see it away. Come see it away. Come see it away with me. 
you don't need angels to do this. I'm not your angel. I'm not your Buddha. I'm not your, your, your guy on top of the mountain saying, go to the right. You choose blue or you choose red, Neo. It's not up to me. Up to you. So you have to figure out what you can do with your retirement. You have to climb aboard to do it. So you're sailing towards it for better, for worse. I bought an expense five phone recently. That is a poor decision. I bought a second home so I can escape and de-stress. That is a bad decision. But I took care of my retirement first so I can do those stupid things. I know people in their 20s and 30s, they like to go to raves, which I don't get. I'm so happy I missed the rave. Okay, so I got sticks and come sail away and Mr. Roboto. But I missed raves. I'll take that in a heartbeat for $100. Who's going to die next year? Who is Alex Trebek? Yeah. Sorry about that, Alex. But pancreatic cancer sucks. So we're all going to die. We know that. But we're going to sail towards retirement so that hopefully we can be the grandparents that have $5 in each hand. So when the kid says... Uh, pick a hand. When the dad says, granddad says, pick a hand, the kid picks a winner. It's like having Snickers bars in both hands. I'm not talking those fun size Snickers bars. I'm talking real size Snickers, like the jumbo ones. It's a winner either way. For the record, Rob Black does not eat peanuts. Not that I don't like peanuts or I'm allergic to peanuts. It's just that they're kind of like the ghetto nut. I'm more of a walnut eh, kind of guy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Big seminar coming up this Thursday. Right around the corner in Los Gatos, Palo Alto. No, no, Los Gatos. That's right, Toll House Hotel. Uh, 630 to 8.30, you can talk all about retirement. So if I had male pattern baldness, which I probably might have male pattern baldness starting to stick and kind of, kind of creep in, it's ruining my retirement because I wanted a full head of hair. I certainly wouldn't pay to have hair put on my head. I'd wear a baseball cap. <laughs> the shocking, why, you have no hair result? I'm okay with that reveal, you know? It's not like I've got a tattoo on my head that says things like, uh, well, I'm not going to say it because it's racist, and I don't want to be called that radio guy who's racist, Alex Jones. (laughs) I love Alex Jones' tattoo. No, I don't have that. A Coca-Cola heir was arrested with $1.3 million in cannabis and 5,000 plants. Isn't it funny? You could be a Greek billionaire, which I'm not quite sure what that means. Like, is that a status symbol, or is that like low income in America. You could be a Greek billionaire and heir to the Coca-Cola fortune and you're arrested with $1.3 million of of marijuana. Uh, That's a lot of marijuana. And dude, all you got to do is come to California. We give it away here free. You come to state of California, they give you a plant and they're like, go do whatever you want with it. So just because you have money doesn't make you smart and doesn't mean your retirement's going to be good. You still got to be smart about it. Chad, CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial, always asks me the question, what am I going to do in retirement? One of the things I want to do in retirement is raise service dogs. When you see a dog that is meant to be pet, and all it wants to do is be pet, and you get cancer or lets kids pet them, like that's the best thing on the planet. So Chad makes fun of me because I want to raise service dogs in retirement. What's your goal in retirement? Service dogs aren't going to be cheap. They eat furniture. So I got that in my head, right? But going back to Cartman and going back to Sticks and going back to one of the greatest albums of all time, Rocking the Paradise, 
you're going to retire and it's really, really up to you. I could do my best to help you set a course on the open sea, but you got to be the captain and you got to be free. It's not up to me. Your retirement's going to be your retirement. So the best thing you can do is embrace it. And when there's storms like Trump and China trade wars, it is what it is. And bring this song along with you on the boat, because Mr. Roboto kind of rocks the tech world. Find out more about the seminar in Los Gatos at robblackshow.com. Thursday, 630, 830, Los Gatos. Use code radio25 to get it for free. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and more. Big event coming up at the Toll House Hotel Thursday, 630 to 830. CFP Chad Burton will be there talking about what to do when you want to hire a professional what working towards an income goal looks like, a retirement goal looks like. We talk a little bit of budgeting, a little bit of investing, a little bit about that emergency reserve, you know, on a regular basis, getting you to retirement. But what to do when you are in retirement, that's a pretty big cookie, so to speak. Joining me now to talk a little about this, CFP Chad Burton, New Focus Financial. How are you, Chad? Good. I like that cookie Toll House Hotel. I get it. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work it all together. Um, protecting your loved ones, estate planning. Um, it seems like estate planning is a bigger issue today, especially if you have kids, because you and I both have children and we're like, we want to take care of them, but we don't want to take too much care of them. Um, estate planning, big part of retirement these days, um, especially because I think the economy is a little bit tougher. Uh, so parents have to digest that. And do we want to, or do we not want to? Um, that's going to be one of your focuses for sure, estate planning. What else are we going to be talking about Thursday evening, 630 at the Toll House Hotel? Well, um, really, how do you create a tax-efficient income stream in retirement? Because what we're doing now is we're working, and every year we're trying to say, how do I pay the least amount of taxes this year? And what can I do this year to really lower my tax bill? And sometimes that's kind of a mistake in retirement. Um, the first several years of retirement, you you have to consider things like Roth conversions. Because let's say you retire at 65 and you're going to be smart and plan to take your Social Security at 70. Right. Um, so that you've got a five-year period before Social Security kicks in and your required minimum distributions from your IRAs kick in. And at that point, you lose control of your tax bracket. You really do. It's just tough to do anything about it. So you got this really, you know, golden period to say, how can I reduce my taxes over the long run? You get your tax brackets every year and say around November, are there any room left at these existing low brackets? I've been doing this for, you know, 25 years in August, and this is the lowest tax bracket that I've ever seen. Is there any room left at your existing tax bracket to take some of your money from your IRA and convert it to a Roth? There's no income limits to do that. Um, and if you're always going to be at that same tax bracket, you've done really good financial plan and long-term projections. You're kind of like, well, if I'm always going to be at that tax bracket, maybe I'll just pay some of those taxes now and put that socket away into a Roth IRA so I have a tax-free account in the future to draw from. Because in the future, you're going to need it. You're going to need higher income from inflation. You're going to need a source of tax-free money to deal with things like buying new cars, remodeling your home, things like that. Um, And there's other things you do in tax planning and retirement, too. Like once your medical costs go up because of nursing care or home health care, a lot of people spend their cash, which is just ridiculous. One of the things that you should probably look at doing is spending your IRA money so that you have enough income to write off those medical expenses. Um, so ta- 
taxes get more complicated when you're retired and supposed to be enjoying life, oddly enough. But you know, you know it's factually money will last longer. What's funny about that, Chad, is I kind of have a devil may care attitude about retirement. Like it's cliche, but media kind of shows me when I watch television and movies that like devil may care. I'm going to spend what I want to spend in retirement. I'm going to get some Viagra. I'm going to get a second wife. I'm going to get a third wife kind of thing. Um, there's kind of a devil may care kind of angle. You have any stories about a second marriage gone wrong? Uh, maybe too much Viagra. What's in a what's in a, a, a gray divorce, so to speak? Oh man. Okay. So the, the there's one that we're dealing with right now, and this is this is a tough one because the um, this, this lady was a client already for a long time, and she chose to retire eight years early. Um, at 57, because she married a guy that was eight years older and already retiring with a large pension and always had a high income, so maxed out his Social Security. So they had a great, you know, automatic monthly income that was always coming in. They were traveling and having a, a great time. Well, he just died. Um, looked like a healthy guy, but you know, some you always hear these stories of, of the you know the heart valve just blows and right. dies suddenly. You don't know what's going on. And this is exactly what happened. And so, since it was his second marriage and he'd had a pension for quite a while, she still gets some of the pension. It's going to be about half of what he was getting. And then her Social Security check's going to go away. He's, she's going to keep his. Her, their, the income is drastically cut. It's cut by more than half in this, in this situation. Uh-huh. So she chose to give up eight years of her highest earnings to retire early and be with somebody that now has passed away. And that automatically uh-huh. income has been cut in half. So basically, the way the estate plan was set up, too, is that now they're selling the Bay Area home, but half of that home goes to his kids. So she's only getting half of that, and she's having to relocate out of the state um, to be able to maintain that same lifestyle. So the lifestyle drastically different. Basically, she ignored when they got married, and we talked about this, is that one of those main pillars, I've got 10 pillars of retirement income planning, protecting your surviving spouse is is a big one that people really need to focus on, especially if it's a second marriage or there's a major age difference, you're planning for the younger person to live till 100, not the older person. Exactly what my dad did. Died 25 years ago. My mom's still alive. So there's the big imbalance sometimes, especially if uh, one kicks over dead early on. Your favorite pillar is is tied towards protecting the spouse, which a lot of people, my dad didn't even let my mom see her tax returns. He just said, sign it. How common or... Uh, how often do you see the fact that one person is completely in the dark versus not in the dark and knowing about that, you know, pillar of retirement, you know, providing for the surviving spouse? No, we see it quite a bit and we're always trying to get both spouses to attend meetings. And there's some situations where, you know, we get one spouse, maybe one out of every four meetings. And that's, that's, that's tough. It is. I mean, surviving, planning for the surviving spouse. I don't know if that's my favorite pillar, the favorite pillar that I have, going into retirement planning that, you know, you've probably are sick of hearing me say since 1999 when we've been doing radio together, but it's worked through two major market corrections. And that's always rebalancing your portfolio and maintaining the proper cash in retirement. Oh, that's boring. And we talk about an event, how to do that. What's that? <laughs> that's boring. But how do you maintain the proper cash and rebalance the portfolio? We got about one minute. <laughs> Well, you, you you first have to do a very careful retirement planning projection and know what your portfolio draw is. So you have to know what your expenses are, but then some of your expenses are covered by things like Social Security and other income. 
So what is your portfolio draw rate? You need three years' worth of that in cash between your IRA accounts and regular accounts. And rebalancing your portfolio happens in a couple of different ways. You rebalance peel growth to replenish your cash, but you also look at inside your portfolio and rebalance based on equity size and style. So small cap, large cap, mid cap, international emerging markets, but value and growth. So that kind of rebalancing, you're actually more active in your retirement planning when it comes to rebalancing than you are when you're just saving and just socking money away into stocks. You're the best. It's Retirement Income and Tax Planning Seminar Thursday in Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel, 6.30 Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I took a class in college on philosophy. It's actually called business ethics. And Socrates, he played for the Lakers once, Socrates Johnson. Socrates once said that complacency or apathy is the worst when you're doing business. You never want to be apathetic. And yet the stock market's kind of become apathetic recently. Joining me now to talk a little about it, Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Briefing.com is a source that I start my day every day with, page one. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? Hey, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks. Mark's a little apathetic, right? Um, so or boring or, or it doesn't care or doesn't, yeah, it doesn't care about the Trump trade war. And then it suddenly ah, does care about yeah. the trade war. Um, you know, I, I think it's starting to care actually. I think it, it I think that that word might've been more apropos uh, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, you had a market that was pretty much on autopilot, uh, underpinned by this um, dual expectation, you know, that the Fed was going to continue to be as dovish-minded as one might think, and uh, and this idea that uh, the U.S. and China were certainly going to work out a trade agreement and that you'd see the lifting of tariffs and ultimately uh, better growth as a result and higher earnings growth uh, following out of that. Um, but, you know, more recent developments have suggested that maybe that trade deal uh, is not going to come to fruition like the market envisioned. And so I think you've seen a little bit more volatility now creep into the market as, um, you know, investors have had to contemplate this idea that, uh, you know, one, that they've gotten ahead of themselves in thinking a trade deal is going to get done, and two, that they've gotten ahead of themselves in pricing in higher earnings growth in the back half of the year to justify this multiple expansion we've seen up to this point. Mm-hmm. Where do you think we're going in the sense that free trade is kind of a Republican notion, and then we get into this, this isn't free trade, there's tariffs on top of everything that we're doing in business. Maybe we do go more free trade and go to other countries. Where do we go with this whole China standoff? If you were to make a guess or an assumption or a presumption, you tell me, where do we go with this? Well, I think, um, you know, a lot has to do with, uh, you know, who's in the Oval Office. You know, I think that um, uh, we take this probably to the brink, you know, up until, uh, uh, you know, re-election time. And uh, that's why you know, I think the market's starting to sense here that, um, you know, the president can kind of play both sides of this in terms of taking a tough-minded position. Uh 
and or you know not wanting you know the stock market to to crater and the economic the economy to fall um, or to slow markedly and therefore maybe perhaps making some kind of deal that you know, can be sold, you know, as a good deal on paper, but, you know, when you read between the lines, maybe it's not as big of a, a deal as it had been made out to be. So, it's really tough to kind of get your mind around that, uh, and, that and that uncertainty that's being generated by all this is why you've got this, you know, increased volatility now, because, frankly, you know, the market doesn't really know what to think, doesn't really know what to know about uh, how this is going to get resolved and when and what the repercussions of that are going to be. Should I just be childish and take my ball and go home and say I'm going to own things like Verizon or Comcast, things that are based in the United States that don't really have that international exposure? Or should the average person out there who's got 10, 20, 30 years till retirement stay the course? Should we change and, and be domesticated per se? Right. I think, well, I think, you know, you, kind of just touched on, like, if you've got 10, 20, 30 years of retirement, you know, just, I don't think you need to get carried away by doing anything major here. I mean, you're still going to want that growth component in your investment portfolio, and that's, you know, you know, risk assets like stocks and growth stocks that, you know, you might find in the technology sector, which, you know, isn't doing so well in the very near term here because of this. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest making any major changes if you have that type of time horizon. You know, if you're looking out over the next, the remainder of this year, you know, maybe 12, 12 month time horizon. Yeah, you know, it probably does make sense to get a little more defensive in here. You know, we said in our market view update, um, you know, several weeks ago, uh, I think the S&P 500 was up about 13% year to date at that time. And uh, here we are up, you know, 13.1% uh, year to date as we speak. And, you know, at that time, you know, we suggested really that, you know, the market had such a huge run off that December low and had done so well to begin 2019 that it wasn't, you know, out of the, you know, out of the realm of, you know, good reason to think that the, the, quote, easy money had probably already been made in that move. And so that, you know, we didn't think that, you know, the market was going to, you know, fall apart at that time. We were just, you know, advocating for a little bit more of a, um, a prudent approach to this market and perhaps, you know, trimming some of those big winners or maybe taking a little bit more of a defensive-minded stance, knowing that, you had a market uh, driven by multiple expansion and a hope that earnings estimates were going to go up without actually seeing them go up. And also, given that there was a lot of pent-up optimism, obviously, surrounding this trade situation, which we're now seeing now and talking about today as something that uh, has a a much thicker layer of uncertainty uh, in it, uh, which, you know, again, is going to make the sledding a little more challenging here as we, um, you know, proceed over the summer months. You and I, for a living, have to talk about some of the headlines, some of the big strategies, some of the big business ideas out there. I would like nothing more than to stop talking about U.S.-China trade war. (laughs) Are there any other stories going on right now? Is, Is there anything else I should be focusing on? (laughs) <laughs> well, there's always the Fed, right? You know, I mean, those seems to be the, the two uh, popular topics, and I think a lot of people would like just to be done talking about the Fed as well. Um, you know, I think maybe probably, you know, one of the the, the, the storylines, though, that, you know, you keep, keep watch of and keep talking about is, is, is the resilience of the U.S. consumer. Right. Okay. Um, that that's a really important storyline here because 
um, it, you know, we can kind of afford to kind of still take this this tough-minded view or, or stance on trade with China uh, if if the U.S. economy continues to hold up well, and you know, consumer spending accounts for close to 70% of GDP. And, you know, you obviously have a, a good labor market right now. You've got you know, rising wages. Consumer confidence is relatively high. You know, these factors all bode well for, you know, continued strength and consumer spending. And so, if you start seeing that drop off, you know, the narrative is going to change a little bit. And, uh, and I think the market's going to get a little bit more concerned about, you know, uh, this economic slowdown that might be coming and that might have been foreshadowed by the flattening yield curve that we've been seeing. And so, uh, a really important dynamic. But at this juncture, you know, the consumer looks to be still in pretty good shape, uh, and that is, you know, underpinning the U.S. economy in, in a good way. So, stealing a page from Game of Thrones and Dracarys and fire everywhere and things like that, the market's got a little scorched in the past couple of trading sessions. Today, it's a little bit better. Should we hide in things like gold or what's your thoughts on gold or Bitcoin as far as safety, as far as, you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I chuckle. You know, in terms of seeing, hearing Bitcoin referred to as something that's, you know, a safety vehicle. (laughs) Um, You know, I I think maybe you just want to just go straight on to the cash, the U.S. dollar, right? If you're going to really play it safe, uh, you know, at this point in time. But, but overall, you know, like I said, you know, maybe get a little bit more defensive mind in some of these lower beta names. They're going to be less volatile that you might find in those counter cyclical sectors, Uh, and just kind of. You know, let the dust settle around here uh, for a market that's obviously had a really great start to the year and, and is now coming to grips with the idea that, you know, some of its grand ambitions might not um, might not uh, live up to the snuff. I was listening to CNBC on my drive home yesterday, and something one of the market commentators said was, well, the market valuation is now lower. And I, I get what he said. That's a good thing, right? It's not a bad thing, but I'm going to let you play with that. Corrections are normal and healthy kind of angle. Well, that's right. You know, um, and and obviously we've seen market rates come down too, while stocks have had a you know a little problem here since early May. So you've got lower rates, uh, which you know Warren Buffett said you know a week or so ago. You know, if that remains the case, then you're looking at stocks here that look you know incredibly cheap. So uh, that's that's another factor that kind of kind of sort of creates this underlying, you know, layer of support perhaps for the stock market as it as it you know, goes into a corrective mode if that's what we're in, um, you know. But yeah, multiples have compressed a little bit, and uh, you know, not egregious. We're kind of probably in that fair valuation zone really right now, given what we know and and what we hope. So uh, again, you know, kind of lends itself to a market that might chop around here uh, for a bit, and and that we wouldn't necessarily advocate, you know, chasing with a, a great deal of aggression at this point. Mm-hmm. We've got a little bit less than a minute. Any thoughts, ideas that you're working on that you want to promote, push out, get into our heads? Well, you know, I wish I could not talk about trade, like you said. I mean, that's probably going to be in the mix here. Um, sure. But again, you know, we have a retail sales report for April coming out. Uh, to, uh, tomorrow that uh, needs to be closely watched, and again, as kind of comes back around to what we were talking about with the, with the consumer, that's going to be an important data point as it um, uh, as it relates to uh, where the consumer is at this point in the cycle, and uh, you know maybe there's something to be said around that for this week's big picture column. Thanks for your help today. As always, it helps us get through the market. 
knowing an expert has eyeballs on the market, Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. It's a great source of both domestic and international news. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is start my day with his column, but another little thing is to read the play-by-play that goes on throughout the day with the analysts and the markets. It's called InPlay at Briefing.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me at robblackshow.com. Big event coming up right around the corner. Thursday in Los Gatos at Toll House Hotel. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Hello and welcome back in. Mateys, you know, the show is called Rob Black and Your Money. You know the proper nickname for you is, right? Blackheads. Anyone who's a fan of the show is a blackhead. Sponsored by Clearasil. Black. Walmart just upped the stakes in the shipping wars with its latest offering. Free next day delivery with no membership fee. I don't know. Is that, uh, yeah, okay. So I have to admit that I get I have a Walmart package in front of my house. My neighbors might see it. My home value might go. To, no, no, that's that's actually that's actually a win 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 win, right? Shoppers at Walmart.com can access next day delivery by a standalone function where they can browse up to two hundred twenty thousand of the most commonly purchased items. Stop and think about that for uno momentero. I know you're saying I don't speak. Spanish. What does uno momentero mean? 220,000 items? Oh, that's something I love about Walmart. Like, if I'm a puppy, you know, puppies kind of like clean themselves and lick themselves. And like, if, if they like you, they'll do that to you. That kind of makes me want to lick myself. 220,000 products next day free. No membership fee. So there's a couple Christmases. Christmas eyes. Christmas X's. Christmas seasons. There's a couple times that in my past that I may have drank a little too much during the holiday season. And last second, I'm like, let's get some gifts for people I actually care about. And I do. And once or twice, I've had to go to Walmart or Target because Amazon didn't have 220,000 items, millions and millions of items. And I couldn't find what I needed. I know you're saying, what if you need some bounty paper towels? The quicker picker upper. Who was that that crazy woman who would spill things? Was it Marge or something like that? And she's like, oh, look at that. Like, she spills like coffee and like, oh, it picks it right up. Rosie. Rosie, not Marge. I hate Rosie. I hate everything about Rosie. Rosie haunts my dreams. But the bounty, clicker pick her up or later. If you ever need bounty now, you can get it next day from Amazon. You can get it next day from Walmart. How great is life? How great is life? Anything that you consume, you could have in the next day. Now, there's... That begs the question, do we need Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper, and Rosie, or do we just need the Walmart brand of paper towels, or do we need the Target brand of paper towels, or do we need the Costco brand of towels? Uh, I like going to Costco's on Fridays. It's my gas day. I know you're saying, I don't really want to hear about your beef and bean burritos. I fill up every Friday at Costco because the gas is cheaper. It's the Quicker Picker Upper or the Quicker Filler Upper. I should I should act like Rosie and uh, spill stuff and just wipe it up. And that'll be my life. But if you need dog food, diapers, wipes, lunch plates, uh, anything you need now, next day delivery. America's great. Do you think they have that in Istanbul? I doubt it. How about Constantinople? I doubt that. But maybe one day Istanbul will get it and Constantinople will never get it. Disney's going to take full operational control over Hulu. Hulu, Hulu. Um, 
the cord cutting thing's a very real thing, and I've got two boys, and they're a great investment lesson. Peter Lynch once saw his kids go to the mall, and he watched every store they went in, and he basically bought shares of that company. Take a look at your kids. My kids aren't watching TV right now, getting ready for school. My kids are watching YouTube. My kids are playing the Nintendo Switch or something like that. Do you know what I'm saying? Watch your kids, and that's how you invest. And I feel like I'd be a bad parent if I ever put my kid with a Google Pixel phone. So he has to get Apple phones one day, but not yet. My kid the other day helped buy his mom an Apple phone for her Mother's Day. And I made him ask all the questions. And he's like, let's buy her a phone for $100. But good luck with that. But he asked a great question inside the Apple store. He said, Apple store guy, uh, how much is everything worth in here? And the guy stopped for a second and goes, I said, let me guess. I said, $800,000? He said, easily. So if you ever want to rob a store, I learned that the one to rob is Apple. Or maybe what I'm trying to say, it's kind of like a luxury item that we feel we must have. Cisco is a big tech stock. Big tech stocks right now have some very low risk to China because China likes to control what comes into their country and what goes out of their country. So as an investor, you should be thinking, okay, let's kill these China headlines, squash them, and maybe we start thinking about things that have relatively low exposure to China. Apple has tons of exposure to China, both good and bad. You know what's interesting about Apple? They employ a lot of people in China. The manufacturing employs a lot of people. This is the, like the hot tech item. The, this is the hot item that everyone wants to own. Apple phone, Apple AirPods, Apple chargers, Apple whatever, right? So Apple kind of has that going in their favor. Boeing, not so much. Boeing's like, we have secrets in China. You're not going to get them. We're going to manufacture where we want to manufacture, but we'd love to sell you planes because we know you have billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of people. So try to figure out these angles. Like, I'm not concerned about Apple. Boeing, I think, goes lower. I don't want to touch Boeing. I do, though, when the trade war is over and someone sings the morning after, like the Poseidon Adventure. It's the morning after. Anytime there's a disaster film, the, the movie ends with the morning after in my head. There's another day, right? Cisco, very low exposure to China. Big event coming up Thursday night in Los Gatos, California. That's just right around the corner. Toll House Hotel, 6.30 to 8.30. I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite stocks, some of the stocks that I've bought in last year, some of the stocks that I'll be selling, some of the stocks I'll be trading. I can give you a, a big name that I'm going to be trading. It rhymes with Uber. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.